0: Thanks for checking out this Church in the City podcast. For more information, please visit www.churchinthecity.us. Let's pray for Ken before he ministers. He needs it. It's in your best interest to pray for Ken fervently right now. (laughs) Father, we thank you so much for, for Ken and Michelle. We thank you, Lord, for the gift that they are to, not only to this church, but to many churches across this nation and across the nations, Lord God, and we we thank you for them, Lord God. We ask, Holy Spirit, for your blessing to be upon them, upon their family, upon the church back in Leesburg, um, upon the word that you've put um, in their hearts for tonight and tomorrow, and upon the ministry that you want to release. Thank you, Lord God, that uh, that, that you desire to to minister to us. You desire to, to release your presence into our hearts. And I pray, Lord God, that you would use Ken tonight, Lord God, to do exactly that, to to impart your life, to impart your hope, to impart your joy, to release the, 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 the spirit of life and the spirit of hope into, into, our, into our lives, Lord God. Father, we, we are desiring, desiring of you um, and no one else. We want you, Jesus. We want you. We want more of you. As that song that we sang to start off with, we are hungry for you, Jesus. So would you come and fill this, this hunger in our hearts? Um, Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you want to do. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: <clears throat> thank you, Steve. So Steve does have some friends. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> uh, just from Michelle and I, and I will say it again tomorrow, we really, we, honestly, we, we love this church. I mean it. Um, we, we have the privilege of coming up here, and we thank the leadership for that. And we don't take it lightly. Although we have a friendship and we banter and rip one another off, which I think is great, but we are aware of just the dealings of God. And so from Michelle and I, we want to thank you. Uh, just the way you receive us, you receive us very openly. I said to some folk today that um, you're an easy people to preach to because there's a hunger. And I commend the leadership for that. There really is a hunger amongst you. There's a, there's a thirst. <laughs> to want to go more, go higher, go deeper, go further, whatever words you want to use. We just want more of you, God. And so that what that does for a preacher is it pulls stuff out of a preacher, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, or whether teacher, preacher, whatever, or the speaker, whatever you want to call it. But that's what it does because it elicits something. And there really is a sense of faith amongst you folk. And so I want to commend you for that. And, yeah, and just... Think big. Think big. I want to encourage you. I really do. And so we appreciate Steve and Debbie. They're one of the few couples that we can sit with and just be honest with in terms of, and they're not going to think differently. So I can tell them all about Michelle's problems and all about Michelle's (laughs) faults and all about the hard time she gives me, and they just love her on it. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, It really is, uh, yeah, it's a privilege, it is a distinct privilege. And just thank you for, (laughs) Uh just thank you for, (laughs) come out, I mean, okay, no, (laughs) (laughs) No, we won't go there, okay, (laughs) Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going, to be honest, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, that's okay, it's no problem. The Lord knows what he's doing, so thank the Lord for that, all right. So, <laughs> he does that. And yeah, and um, so I wasn't too sure where to go tonight, and I wasn't too sure if to just continue with what I started this morning. And so I want to say a little thing about that. That the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord it is there's freedom. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And it's a wonderful verse. And, it's a, and that whole chapter, chapter 3, is an incredible chapter. I encourage you to really go and read it and study it. Chapter 3 into chapter 4. They are key chapters in terms of just understanding something of the dimension of the spirit realm and what, what Paul is trying to impart there to the Corinthian church. And, uh, but freedom without governance will bring chaos. And that's why Paul in the Corinthian church, if you go to chapters 11, 12, 13, and 14, he lays some boundaries in. He lays some, uh, what I call boundaries. I don't know what else word to use. To this church that was full of the Holy Spirit, but the meetings were doing more harm than good. That's what actually chapter 11, verse 15 or 16 says. Your meetings are doing more harm than good. But the Spirit of God is moving, but they're doing more harm than good. Because there was lack of governance. There's no such thing as freedom without governance. But a governance is not to squash. It's not to push down. It's not to control. It's to help direct and enhance. Do you understand? So he lays some governance in how the gifts should operate. And that's what he begins to do. And it's very important to understand that, people. That's the way God orchestrated it. That's the way God wants it to be. That freedom without governance will bring chaos down the line. And unfortunately, you see it in the body of Christ, where people can just say things and there's no accountability. Or they can behave in a certain way and call it the anointing. No, it's not. It's, it just doesn't go down. And so people get put off by the excess that we see out there. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they pull back, and I understand that. But misuse doesn't mean non-use. It just means proper use. And so that's what Paul lays into that church. And so I want to encourage you in that and understand that, that any leadership, rightful leaders, biblical leaders, uh, God-ordained leaders, they don't have it all together as much as anybody else's. But God has put them there to able to facilitate, bring a sense of security, bring a sense of governance, and bring a sense of an atmosphere and environment where people can risk and risk safely. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's key. Even in your households you want to do that. And when your kids are growing up, you keep those boundary lines fairly strong because you want to lay some values in and values in and values in. But as they grow up, you need the wisdom of God to say, all right, when do I release some of these boundaries? And there's no set way of doing that. There's no, at the age of 15 and a half and four days and three hours now, all of a sudden that happens. Because we're all different. And God deals with us that way as well, if you understand what I'm saying. So I want to encourage you. uh, Read chapters 1 Corinthians, chapters 11, 12, 13, 14. And right in the middle is the key chapter, chapter 13, on love. Everything is by love. Everything is by love. So everything is for the benefit of others. Not for us. It comes out of the love of God to uphold and encourage. Everything Paul is saying, every time the Word mentions body, like, oh, sorry, Lisa, every time the Word talks about gifts in any form or any shape, when Paul explains it, the very next scripture is about the body. Because he's saying it's done in the context of the body. You with me? Yeah. So I want to encourage you in that. And if we adhere to or we Go, i trying to think of the wrong, right words. If we submit, and submit is such a bad word, people think, oh, and it's not that. If we work with those that God has put governance alongside us, I don't mean you word the word over us, but it is really over us, but alongside us, if we work with that in a biblical way, you will grow beyond what you think you can grow. <laughs> Amen. And so I want to encourage you in that. And that's what a spiritful church looks like. That's what it looks like. Freedom with governance. It's not freedom and just everybody doing their own thing. It's submitted to one another and submitted to the leadership. So I don't just do my own thing. No, God has spoken to me. Let me go bounce it off the leaders. What do you think? How do you feel? And I might say, hang on a minute. They're not trying to squash you. They just know maybe a little bit more what's happening in the life of the church than you do. If you release that unto the Lord, God will raise it up when it needs to be raised up. I promise you that. If it's of God, no man will stop you walking into it. No man. Ultimately, God will either move the leadership or do something in order to fulfill that in your life. You with me? Because you've got to see things in authority structures. That's the way God set it up. And that's the way the devil sees it as well. That's why he goes after leadership. Because if you can strike the shepherd, the the sheep will scatter. So in every institution you go to, even in the natural, there's structure set up. A headmaster over a school, a teacher over a class, parents over a home, a boss in a business. And it's for our good. Even though some of your bosses might not be nice people. But God will teach you lessons through that. He really will. He honestly will. Great um, character lessons that you'll come out the other end and a far better place in God. You with me? When time has come, he'll remove you from there and put you somewhere else. God knows how awful your boss is. Okay, not talking about him. I mean. <laughs> no, he's a great. You with me? All right. So I want to encourage you in that. I really want to encourage you in that, because then you go as a unit, you go as one, you go as together. And where there's unity, yeah. God commands a blessing. Yeah. Doesn't mean I have to do think exactly like you think or agree with everything you. Not at all. But there's unity of heart and unity of purpose. Yeah. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful it is. Even in the Tower of Babel, you know the story. When there was God had to come and no, let's. This is very powerful. So let me cause confusion so they don't understand what's going on. Because they had the wrong motive in their heart. You with me? Yeah. It's one thing I want to say. The other thing I want to say, folk, is this. As you walk with the Lord, you, I believe, and you God will grant you revelation. But I believe in your life he'll grant you five or six or seven in, in revelations, big ones that will have huge impact for your whole life. But in amongst that, He'll grant you other revelations. So you get born again, you get saved, and God begins to download within you just some basics of Christianity. The word, the prayer, fellowship, etc., etc. Then as you are faithful with those things, God will give you a revelation that might seem small to you, but every door opens on a small hinge. And what he will do is if he's called you to say worship or he's called you to say business, whatever it is, I don't want to keep going back to the church, he'll give you a revelation concerning that and the door will open into that area that will be vast for you. But coming out of the foundation of who you are in Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Very key. Very key. Big doors open on small hinges. And it takes you into a whole new room. So it's like coming into a home. You walk in the front door. And then you just get to enjoy the lounge and the dining room and the kitchen. But there's a room you've never been into. But you know there's something in there. But you're not too sure what it is. And that's what it's like in a spirit walk. And one day God will give you a key or a revelation to open that door. And it's a whole new room to explore. And for some of you it might be, for us, I'm just trying to be simple. It was in the area of deliverance that's what it was for us and it's been in other areas as well particularly in that area so where the Bible just simply says and you'll cast out demons now that's a one line statement but it's a huge huge room of how that takes place in an authentic real honest uh, compassionate public way without bringing damage to the body of Christ you with me? And that takes time to learn that process. Folks. That's what I'm trying to encourage you in. That's what I'm trying to encourage you in. Amen. All right. So turn with me. Out. We're going to do two scriptures. Talk a little bit on it, and then we're going to do some ministry. If that's okay with you. All right. Hallelujah. So we will get that thing to come out. All right. All right. Why not I'm being a little bit naughty now. Okay. All right. Acts chapter 10. Thank you. No, don't you go there, (laughs) Debra Acts chapter 10. One scripture here, it says this, uh, Peter preaching to Cornelius, and in his preach, you you know the scripture well, verse 37, it says, You know how what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed or uh, baptized Jesus of Nazareth, that's the man, Jesus of Nazareth, the man of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. It's a wonderful text, key text, how Jesus ministered. He ministered as a result of the anointing that was upon his life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And how that happened. And the Bible tells us how he went around doing good. And how he went around healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. That's ultimately what it's about. Rescuing people from the clutches, the dominion, the power, the destructiveness of the kingdom of of darkness. Or lifestyle issues, lifestyle patterns that they've got themselves into that is causing destruction. Because what you, re- what you sow, you reap. Paul said it in Galatians. What you sow, you reap. God cannot be mocked. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap from the Spirit. And sometimes as a Christian, you come into a new phase with the Lord, but you feel like you're still reaping some destruction. as a result of some of the seeds you sowed two or three years ago. But that's going to come to an end, folk. Amen. Then the seed you sowing, yeah, you're going to reap great stuff down the corner, yeah. It's coming. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand a little bit the aspects. And I just want to quickly cover five aspects of healing if I can. There's spiritual healing, where people are spiritually sick because they need their sins forgiven. They lack forgiveness. Unconfessed sin, it's spiritual healing. And so they could be forsaved or unsaved. Because some Christians can walk around with unconfessed sin and they'll become spiritually sick. Become guilt-ridden. That's what happens. Uh, Just the condemnation begins to seep in on you. You with me? Amen. And so, as we confess that, and as we deal with that, spiritual healing starts to come. Then there's healing of past hurts, unpleasant memories, fears, emotions. God wants to heal us of that stuff. Then there's obviously the whole thing of casting out demons and strongholds and addictions and etc. etc. Um, And there's a lot in it. Then there's obviously just physical, normal, physical healing. Then there's healing of relationships, where there's been breakdown of relationships, resulting in hurt and resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness. And then there's healing of the dead. See, God wants to heal the whole person, not just one aspect of the person. And every one of those are done a little bit differently. And we need the impetus, the direction... And the voice of the spirit to help us understand that. And that's what I want to go to now. That's what we need. So we need to have vision. But don't let the vision drive you. Be presence led and not vision driven. It's very key. So you need, God, this is what you called me to. This is what you called this church to. This is what we know you have called us to. But now we we want to be led by your presence. We want to be led by your spirit into that. So you keep it before you, and you keep it before your people, and you keep it before yourself. That's what the prophetic word does for you. Lord, this is what you said. This is what you promised. But now lead me by your presence into that. You with me? It keeps us humble. It keeps us submitted. It keeps us dependent upon God. That's what it does. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so now with me go to John chapter 5. I hope I'm not jumping around too much. I'm hoping I'm making some sort of sense here. Thank you, De- brilliant. All right, I just want to see if I should touch on any more of this stuff. All right. Now we won't do that. Okay, let's go to John chapter 5. Three simple little, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to call I don't even know what to call some of this stuff. Let's go to John 5, and then we're going to pray. I hope we're going to work it out. John 5, verse 16 says this. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Now that tells me that the father, the compassionate, glorious, gracious, loving father is always at work. He's always watching over us. He's always loving us. He never slumbers or sleeps. You with me? He's always for us. He's always got our back. Always. He's not there trying to trip us up. He's not there trying to catch us out. He's not trying to say, See, I told you so. It's not that. That's not God. You with me? That's not the nature of God. He's always at work. And then he said, for this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus gave them an answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. Imagine Jesus saying that. Jesus Christ. I can do nothing by myself. The one who died for you and I. The one who went to the cross. The one who endured the punishment. The one who endured the lashes. The one who was killed. The one who the Bible says has all authority and power. The one who says at his very word, the universe turns. He says, I can do nothing by myself. That is amazing. That is amazing. It shows humble submission to his father. Humble, humble submission. Not commanding anything other than what the father tells him to command and do. And for me, that is one of the great keys to our Christian walk. You can do nothing by yourself. Nothing. Nothing of eternal kingdom consequence, I mean. I mean, you can ride a car, I understand it, but you don't understand what I'm talking about. All right, or you can play poor golf like Steve or whatever. I mean, you can do those things. Okay. All, right. <laughs> All right, next week. Yeah, you're right, next week he's got the mic. All right, you're right. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father, if you've got a Bible, underline that next word. What does it say? Loves the son. The father loves the son and shows him all that he does. Now, let me use it in a personal context. Are you a child of God? I'm sorry to do this to you. So, you're a son of God in that sense. The father loves his son, father loves his daughter. So he shows them what he needs to show them because he loves them. Amen. And that's how Jesus operated. For the father loves his son and shows him all that, yes, to your amazement, he will even show him greater things. That's what he will do. And so I have just found in my own life, and there might be more, that there's three ways that God will grow us. and oper- I don't even know what to call this. I don't know what to say. Just through life's experience, I find that the impetus of the ministry that God has called us into, whatever that is, there's ways God brings us into it. I'm not explaining. You'll see what I'm saying. First of all, we can hear the voice of God, and that is key to everything. I believe the whole Christian walk, that is the biggest key of all, hearing the voice of the Father, hearing the voice of God via the Holy Spirit. For me, that is the greatest key any Christian can have, to hear the voice of the Father. and That voice needs to be above every other voice. Because with that voice comes everything you need for the task at hand. With that voice comes confirmation. With that voice comes an undergirding. With that voice comes strength. With that voice comes compassion. With that voice comes comfort. With that voice comes security. That is beyond this world. you with me? And so we need to learn to hear the voice of God. And I don't know how long you've been a Christian, but you need to develop to learn the voice of God. And I know this Bible will give us helps and guidelines, and those are good. But only you're going to learn to hear the voice of God. Steve can't learn for you. He cannot. can give you some helps, but only you'll be able to learn. And to learn how he speaks to you and the way he works in you. So you need to hear that. And when you hear the voice of God and you you respond to that and act on that, there's something that's going to happen. Either in your personal life or in the ministry or in circumstances. Maybe not immediately, but it's coming. Because the one who created all has spoken. You with me? It's not like a human voice might sound like it, but it's not a human voice. It's not of this plane. That's what I keep trying to tell people. It hasn't come from planet Earth. It's come from beyond. So it goes beyond everything on this planet. Nothing on this planet can constrain it or box it or diminish it. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. And I found when I, I said, God, I need a year of voice. I need a year of voice. I need a year of voice. I need a year voice. And I remember us going to on one of our youth retreats early on in our Christian walk. And, um, and uh, on the Friday night, I did a bit of a teaching, and it was awful. It was awful. I asked them to burn the tapes. and we didn't have tapes or whatever. It was. I just wanted to disappear. Young people didn't know it was awful, but in me, I felt it was awful. And then the Saturday morning, we did a bit more teaching, and it was. Even more awful. But anyway, so on the Saturday afternoon, I said, God, and I went for a walk. while they were all swimming and playing and doing whatever the case is. And I went and did that a little bit. But I went for a walk, and I said, God, I need to hear your voice. Please, 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 I need to hear your voice. And all the Lord said to me was, tell them to honor their father and mother. That's all he said to me. And I said, right. And I'm so excited, but I don't know how to do it, how to work it out, what to do about it. So on the Saturday night, we came there, and after we had some lunch, and I mean some dinner, whatever, and these young people, you know, young people are young people. Like they, they're exuberant and whatever the case is, and the energy never seems to cease and whatever. So we finally got them to quieten down. We had some awful worship. And it wasn't bad. <laughs> but it wasn't like I'm experiencing now, if you understand. But we were growing. That's what you must understand. They were doing the best they could, and it was great, and whatever the case is. And they sat down, and I said to them, I can't remember exactly how I started. And I said, um, within two or three minutes, I just said, I just believe that God wants you to honor your father and mother. That's all I said. And the, the effect was dramatic. It was dramatic. And that showed me something. Some of them just started to weep instantaneously. I didn't say anything else. I didn't say how to do it, what to do. Where. Some of them fell out of their chair. Some of them started to manifest. Now something was happening. God was at work, if you understand what I'm saying. And so I learned through that experience how powerful it is to hear the voice of God. And that's the key that unlocks you into something else. You with me? Now that's great. The next one, and I want to put it the next tier is you develop faith through constantly reading of the Scripture. and You come to an understanding of who Christ is. You come to understand who, His victory. You come to understand His authority and His power. You come to understand who you are in Christ. As you read in Scripture and it's being downloaded in you, and you come to understand something of the knowing, and a knowing develops in you over a period of time. There's a knowing that develops. So you stand on a platform of knowing, Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Now when God speaks in that context, it has greater impact. Because it's coming through you with a sense of a greater capacity of faith and knowing which gives impetus to what God is saying. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And it gives impetus to the gift that God will work in you and through you. It's very key. That's why it's very key. It has greater impact. It has a sharper cutting edge because God is divine. Because it comes with faith and a knowing of who I am in Christ and that I can do nothing in Him. But I'm grounded in Him, established in Him. And that comes over a period of time, people. That doesn't come overnight. I'm trying to give you keys for your life here. You with me? That comes over a period of trial and period of time and reading and listening and sitting under teaching, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and use a knowing. How many of you read a scripture, and you've read people's preached on it, and people read it, and you preach on? Then one day you read it, and it like just opens up more to you. That's the knowing that's coming. Oh, it's food to your soul. It's bread to your spirit. You see, just like you grew up. When you were young, in the natural, and you had to be fed, you had to be breastfed at first, and then you had to be spoon fed, and then you had to learn to walk. So, in your spirit, man, you got—we got to learn to grow. Your spirit man is small when you get born again. It's got to be nurtured and fed, and through constant use, the Bible says you learn between right and wrong, and you grow and you develop your spirit man in you. And then, when God speaks to that. That carries more impetus, or through that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making sense? All right. And the third one is through experience. So there's a knowing now that you put in the scripture, in you reading stuff or whatever the case is, and then through experience, repeated experience, repeatedly doing a similar thing again and again and again in your life. You've paid a price for it. You've had some awful failings. You've, you've failed miserably at some times. You've stepped out and it didn't work. And you've gone back to the knowing part. And then you've had to lay some things down. You've had to let some things go. And you've been misunderstood and you've been criticized. And that's the price you pay. That's the price you pay to follow Jesus Christ. And then you're undergirded by that truth of knowing. The truth is undergirding you. The truth is a platform. The truth of the word. The truth of who Christ is. The truth of who you are in Christ. The truth of the majesty of the goodness and the grace of God is undergirding you. That truth is ground into you. But you're still making mistakes. And through experience again and again and again, you begin to recognize and see things and understand things. And so somebody looks at something, and they can't understand. You look at it, and because of years of experience, you say, I know what that is. And then look, how do you know that? Because of experience. And then when God speaks, then it carries wonderful power. Because you've paid a price. You have failed and failed, but you haven't given up. I thought this was you, God, and I did it, and it wasn't you, but I'm not giving up. But I've continued to plant to your word. I've continued to undergird my life with your truth. you with me. And you've laid things down and you sacrificed some of your family, not in terms of the altar. You know what I mean by time and, and whatever the case is. And you've made some decisions that haven't been easy decisions, but you know it's cost you. It's cost your family, it's cost your kids. And your kids are struggling, and you think, God, why did I do this for you? And I see my kids struggling the way they're struggling. They can't have what those kids can have. But I believe you asked us to do this. God speaks to you then. It's another whole dimension. Another whole dimension. So, all three of them, God speaks but now he's speaking into a context in your life that you're coming from a different place. Amen. Then it really begins to have a lot of impact into the lives of others and you're being released into others. Then it carries a sense of maturity and it carries a sense of wisdom. And then you stop worrying about that you always have to be proven Right. And you stop worrying about how you look and the expectations of others. And you stop worrying about recognition. And you stop worrying about the jealousy that people might feel and the competition that can come and the offenses and unforgiveness and the misunderstanding. And people are, you offend people or people are offended by you. And you, and you just take it on the chin and you just take it on the chin and you just take it on the chin and you give a gentle answer back and you love them back and they come back at you. And you just take her on the chin, and you take her on the chin. And you act in an opposite spirit. And then God speaks to you about that person. It has dramatic impact. Because you paid a price. You with me? We can do nothing by ourselves. (laughs) i found in my life that that's the ongoing cycle and so god as he takes me into a new area he reveals something to me and i don't understand it all but i plow myself with the truth again and again and again and again and i find out and i take a step in faith and it doesn't quite work the way i thought it would work and i go home and i say to my wife oh i'm not doing that again i'm not doing that again i look like a fool i look like an idiot and she gently comforts me or slaps me. No, she doesn't slap me. <laughs> gently, yeah. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. That eh? yeah. you say, Lord, I can't operate without you. I need to hear your voice. Is Mark here tonight? Mark and Courtney. Mark told us a wonderful, it just encouraged us. Last time, a couple of years ago, Michelle gave Mark a word. I hope we can share this publicly, not the details. Uh, Just about some things that happened. And he came back to us and he said what it meant to him and just some of the stuff that's unfolding in his life and all that it meant to him. You with me? There's no greater joy on the face of the earth than seeing that happen and seeing others come into their fullness and others beginning to blossom. That's where Paul says, I die But life comes to you. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I die, but life is coming to you. Because you then become a source of life. You're not the source of life. He is. But you became a source of life for other people. Because you're busy dying. And as you die, life comes. And as you surrender, life comes. And as you make mistakes, life comes. You with me? So I want to encourage you. Maybe you not feel like encouraging, but it really is. God is going to grow you. He's going to mature you, some of you. Some of you may be early on in your walk. Some of you feel like you're an absolute failure. because no, no, you're not. You're on the process of God's wonderful journey. Of Him working in you and through your life. In the sphere of influence that He wants to put you in. Into the Chicago area, whether it be through business, whether it be into schools, whether it be into churches, whether it be into on the streets, whether it be in a home group, whether it be in the music, whether it be in the children's ministry, wherever it may be, you're on that wonderful journey of life. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Don't become white-knuckle Christians. I was there for four or five years. I was the most miserable son of a gun that lived on the face of the earth. Ask my wife. It was a black cloud that followed me around. I loved the Lord with all my heart, but this black cloud followed me around because I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard. Out of desire for the Lord, but it was from the flesh. You with me? And I had to learn some lessons, and I'll continue to learn some lessons. Amen. We need to hear the voice of God. Afresh and anew. But every time you hear it, you'll hear it from a different context in your life. And it will carry more impetus. And more impetus. And more impetus. And it becomes sharper. It becomes clearer. And it becomes like a double-edged sword. Into your life and through your life to others. Are you with me?